Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It's time to give him glory this morning. Is he worthy? Come on, stand to your feet, stand to your feet, stand to your feet. It's time to give him glory this morning. As a matter of fact, let's, let's, let's just make a decision this morning to have a good time in the Lord. Is that all right? Is that all right? Make, make up your mind right now, right now, right now, right now, that we're going to have a good time in the Lord this morning. Is that all right? Come on, put your hands together. Everybody knows this song, so I want you to lift your voice and give him glory like he's worthy this morning. Simple song says, come let us adore him. Come on, sing.
Good morning, church. May we pray this morning. I have the Father, we come this morning. We come, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. We come, O oh Lord, thanking you for this day. We thank you, O oh Lord, for watching over last night while we slumber and slept. No, no, what we want. But you, Lord, your angel, that they watch over us while we slumber and slept. Then you saw fit to touch us with the finger of our divine love. Then we were clothed in our right man. Oh, Lord, we pray, oh, God, you touch us and you hide, that we may hide your word in our hearts, that we might not sin against thee. We thank you, oh, God, that you bless those who are sick and shut in. How much of those who will read this morning? Touch those who, Lord, know you're not in part of their sin. We pray for our church family and every church though that's down on me, holy, write your name. We pray for the man going to bring the word this morning. We pray, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, that somebody lost this morning, that may have found their way for their Lord. Saying, come running to the altar, saying, what should I do that I might be saved? Father, you know that you the way, the truth, and the light. You said in your word that no man shall come into you but by the Father. We give you the glory and we give you the honor. We pray, oh God, that the Spirit will touch somebody this morning that they will be having an experience they've never had before. And when we're going the last mile away, when we must stick our souls in the sand of time, when we can study words no more, we all got to go in somewhere. We ask, oh God, that you meet us there. And you greet us by saying, come on in, my good and faithful servant. There you have been a ruler of a few things, my brother and my sister and my brother. Come on in, I'll make him roll in a minute. For we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you. Simple song says, I lift my hands in total adoration. I lift my hands in total adoration. You reign on the throne.
again that you have allowed us to come together we thank you we praise your name we praise you for all of the blessed all of the wonderful things that you have done in our life and as we come oh God we thank you we pray that you bless the service today everything that will be said everything that will be done you get the glory all the honor belongs to you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We pray now. Give us a spirit, a spiritual mind of praising thee. Lifting up your name. For you said, if I but be lifted up from this earth, I will draw all men. Help us to lift you up. Thank you. Bless your preach word. We ask now as we go forward in the service. You ever be with us. Keep us ever in your presence and we will be ever so careful to give your name to pray these and all other blessings we do ask in your son Jesus name we do ask and pray amen amen
just came to tell you that I love you, that I love you more than you. Come on, put your hands together this morning. It's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord, and we know that we love the Lord, amen, because if he would withdraw his, his hands from us, we wouldn't have sense enough to walk out of this building, and we thank God for him, and we ask that you just keep that in mind and just, just remember that God is in control, and without him, we are nothing and we can do nothing, amen. We're going to ask you, if you would, please stand for our response to reading, followed by the hymn for the morning. And may we all read together. For thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Now let's say that like we really, really mean it. Say it again. For, For thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. And that is the name of our hymn for the morning. I know most of you know that. Lead me and guide me. Let's sing. I am weak. I am weak. And I need Sing out like a minute.
step of the way because I don't have all that it takes in order to meet God's will. Amen. We're going to just pause now for a few announcements. The K Chapel, K Chapel will deliver two new summer reading books, that's over 600 books, to our Walton School next door uh, Tuesday morning, May 22nd. Those who would like to assist need to arrive at 9 o'clock a.m., and that's come from Mrs. Divinity. So we ask you to please keep that in mind. Also, there's a reminder that today at 11 o'clock, we will have our youth program, and I know that you want to be here to support them and to give them encouragement to do all they can. Also, uh, Mrs. Buchanan is back in the hospital, and Mr. Buchanan is asking for the prayers of the church. And if you haven't experienced that yet, amen, just keep on living. Isn't that right? And if you do that, sooner or later, it's going to come to you. Also, we have here to all church members, our own sister Annie, Anita Shaw, will be traveling uh, to Dallas to see about her mother. She's asking for the prayers of the church as well. And we have a thank you note here. Thank you for your kindness. The flowers are beautiful. We profoundly appreciate your presence to help se celebrate our loved one's home going. Your kindness will forever be remembered. This comes from the family of William Lord Waste. There may be some additional, I'm sorry, William Lord Wade. I'm sure there's some other announcements from the media. Media, yawn. Good morning, Kate Chapel. I'm Shannon Winston, and this is your morning news. Youth Weekend is June 2nd and 3rd. Please plan to attend and participate in the following activities. The Youth Service Project will take place at Hope House. The youth will leave the church at 9.30 for two hours of service. Upon return from community service, both the children and Fresh Wind Teen Choirs will practice at noon in the sanctuary. The youth picnic will start at 1 p.m. and the mixed age basketball game will begin at 2 p.m. For additional information regarding Youth Weekend, please see Sister Fatisa Allen. The Nate Reference Scholarship Board is asking for your support of the 14th Annual Swing for Knowledge Golf Tournament. The tournament will be held on Friday, June 15th at Whisper Lake. You can be a sponsor or have a team or both. We need your support to make this event a success. Stop by the Old Fellowship Hall or see any member of the scholarship board for more information. Join us for Biker Sunday on May 27th during the 11 a.m. worship service. All bikers are welcome to participate in the blessing of the bikes. The Summer Reading Program 2018, Building a Better World Through Reading, will take place June 11, 2018 through June 15, 2018 from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Tuition is free. Registration forms are available in the Old Fellowship Hall. For additional information, please see Sister Bunny McNeil Harris or Sister Alistair Morgan. Men's activities will take place on June 4th through the 10th. 
On Monday, June 4th, join us at Metro 24 for bowling. The event begins at 6.30 and the cost is $25 for adults and $15 for youth. On Friday, June 8th, the 3-on-3 basketball tournament starts at 7 p.m. in the Willie Wright Family Life Center. You must be 15 or older to participate. Then on Saturday, June 9th, grab your gun and meet us at Deacon Trollus' Ranch for a skeet shooting tournament at 12. The cost is $15. Finally, men's day service will take place at 11 a.m. on Sunday, June 10th. Check the K-Chopper app or contact Brother Ernest Green or Brother Charles Simpson for more information. Vacation Bible School starts Monday, June 11th at 5 p.m. Dinner served nightly. You can pre-register for Vacation Bible School at the Old Fellowship Hall today or on the K-Chapel app. The theme this year is Jesus the Kingdom Builder. We look forward to seeing you at Vacation Bible School. Children's Church is available every second and third Sunday during the 11 a.m. service. Children's Church is located in the Center for Family Life. Thank you for your participation in Kate Advance. Last year, our goal was to raise the money required to purchase the land for our new church. This year, our goal is to complete the architectural rendering of our new campus by October, and we want to hear your voice. Join us for Table Talks beginning this week. Here's a quick video about Table Talks. Last year, we started our Cade Advanced project with a plan. Step one, buy the land. And this year, as we continue to advance, it's time to start planning to build a new church. But before we begin, we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts and ideas and hopes for the new sanctuary? We want to invite you to join us for a series of table talks to tell us what's on your mind, like more seating or covered parking, what about rehearsal rooms, or even a moving sidewalk. The first talk is this week, on May the 24th at 6 p.m., so put it on your calendar. We'll be discussing worship, arts, and technology. The next three talks will take place the first week of June. You can come to just one talk or all four, but come, share your voice, and join us for Table Talks. We are expecting you to join us on this week and again in June for Table Talks. Please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin board for additional announcements and upcoming events and to share your ministry news with the K Chapel family. Just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Have a smiley Sunday and this was Shannon Winston with your morning news. I'm going to let most of you in on something here. So I heard some people laughing about that moving sidewalk. So. <laughs> I thought, I, thought I'd just pass it. <laughs> okay. We done with that. <laughs> this time we'd like to just recognize our visitors. Listen, if you are present, you hear my voice. And if you are not yet a member of this congregation, regardless of who you are, where you came from, we're going to ask you to please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, please stand up. Stand up, visitors. I know there are more than two. Stand up, visitors. Amen. 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 God, God bless you. So we want you to have you with us. Go yeah. Ahead. I want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Russell Buckley, our pastor, Mitchell, Reverend Hart Buckley, all of the members of the pulpit and the entire K Chapel family are just so happy that you chose to worship with us today. We know that you should go on any place, but you made our hearts glad by your presence. If you're just, if you're just Yes, visiting, please come anytime your schedule will allow. But if by chance you're looking for a church home before you leave for today, we're going to try to convince you that you just found home. And while you're standing, we're going to give you something you're going to get here at K Chapel Mission Baptist Church. Go Lamar!
He is Lord of all. We have two candidates I didn't recognize early on that's visited us this morning. I'm just going to ask them again just to stand. Representative David, if you'll please stand. And Judge McDaniels, if you'll please stand. You will get a big K Chapel welcome and, and hand clap. Come on, let's welcome them. God bless you. God bless you. I want you to know that you are more than welcome. And anytime you're scheduled live, please come and worship with us. Amen. God bless you. May you have another wonderful uh, rest of the day. At this time now, we're going to pause for a time and I have a service. Oh, okay. Y'all might want to say something, huh? Come on down. Future Senator and I were negotiating, but I decided to go first. Uh, good morning, Kay Chapel. I am Johnny McDaniels, and I'm a candidate for Hines County Court Judge in Sub-District 3. Uh, the first thing I guess I need to say to you whenever I speak to audience like this is that I'm not running against any other judge you may know, be friends with, or happen to go to church with. So I'm indeed running for Hines County Court Judge Sub-District 3. It is a pretty large district that begins in about 15 precincts in South Jackson and then it covers everything else outside the city limits of Jackson. Uh, so if you live in Bolton and Utica and Byram and Clinton, those places, uh, you'll be voting for Johnny McDaniels on uh, November the 6th. I'm indeed honored to be in the presence of my good friend, Reverend Buckley, so thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to be here. Uh, but we will be visiting with you again as we get closer to November the 6th. I am Johnny McDaniels, candidate for Hines County Court Judge. Thank you. Good job. Good morning. I'm David Beria, and I'm a candidate for the United States Senate. I'm very happy to be worshiping with you today, and I thank you for the opportunity, Pastor Buckley, to have a word to say. Um, this is a statewide election. There are going to be two Senate races on the ballot in November. I am not running in the race against Mike Espy. Mike Espy is running for Thad Cochran's seat, the seat that he resigned from. I am running to take on Roger Wicker in November. There is a primary June the 5th. It's important that folks go out and vote. There are six candidates running in that primary. So we are running for the opportunity to run against Roger Wicker in November. And I, too, will be back, if you'll have me back, Pastor, sometime between now and November the 6th. Uh, I currently serve in the Mississippi Legislature, uh, and I have the honor and privilege of serving with Sister Alice Clark, and I formerly served with Mary Coleman. Uh, and I also have the honor and privilege to have been elected by my colleagues to serve as the House Minority Leader. And uh, these, these two ladies will testify to the fact that a lot of the policies that we enact over at the Capitol have an adverse impact, a disproportionate adverse impact on communities of color. And I was struck this morning by what one of the ministers said about love. And we turned to one another and we told our neighbors that we, we love you. And I, I am an Episcopalian. And I was proud yesterday that the first African-American bishop of my church spoke at the royal wedding in his message. Thank you. Absolutely. His message was one of love as well. So I think that's a very good theme. And, and I only wish that our policymakers would let love inform their policymaking rather than leading from politics first. 
one of the things that I want to do is change the conversation in this state and quit talking about issues that divide us and talk about issues that unite us, whether that be public education that helps lift our folks out of poverty, health care that helps us uh, stay healthy and be able to, to go to our jobs and work and take care of our families, or something as simple and basic as infrastructure. We know that those things oftentimes have disproportionate adverse impacts in, in your community. So uh, I want to tell you this, and I will conclude by saying that I believe that I can beat Roger Wicker in November. I want to say it again because I want to emphasize it. This is not a pipe dream. This is not something I woke up one morning and said, hey, I think I'll run for the United States Senate. The numbers are there. If we get active and energized and we get out in November, then I can be one of the two Democrats that we're going to send to Washington in November. Thank you very much. I get the message. We were both on time. At this time now, we're going to pause for a time in our service where we all can participate. We're going to ask that you prepare to give. As we have words from the pulpit, uh, we're going to ask again that you prepare to give as you have been so blessed. And, of course, the choir will come after the presentation from the pulpit. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increases. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. May God add a blessing to the reading of his righteous and holy word. Choir, ushers. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Don't repeat it, praise the Lord, don't repeat it, praise the Lord, it's all right. Have you told him thank you this morning? Have you told him thank you this morning? Have you told him thank you this morning? Well, we're going to tell him thank you. And you invited to thank him with us. Come on, put your hands together. How many of you, oh God, I thank you this morning. I dare you to get up on your feet and tell him thank you.
Pastor, for this offering. We thank you, Father, for this day. Most of all, we thank you for your son who died on Calvary. Father, bless the man who's going to feed your sheep this morning. We thank you for all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. too can say thank you. This time now we're going to ask that the choir come back for one final number and we hope it help you to be prepared for the sermon that's forthcoming. We're going to ask that you now receive the message from the choir after which we should get the message for the morning from our pastor. Choir. Washed away all my sins, and he made me
is thankful this morning that you can declare that you've been changed. I need all the changed folk to just testify that I'm not what I used to be. I, I'm not what I'm going to be, but I thank God I'm not what I used to be. If, if you think I'm something now, you should have known me back then, but, but God has started in a new work and he will complete it. A wonderful, 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 he changed my life Said he changed my heart I'm so glad I'm not what I'm gonna be But I'm not what I used to be Hey, so glad, so glad, so glad Yeah, he changed my walk he changed my talk. Oh, he changed my mind. Hey. <laughs> hey, so so glad. My God changed my life. Hey. Wonderful. Wonderful change. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, wonderful, wonderful change. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless his name. Bless his name. Glory to the Lamb of God. Thank God for this day and we thank God for his presence. Thank God for the wonderful change that he has produced in the lives those of his children who dare to call upon the name of Jesus Christ. A wonderful change has been wrought in my life since the Savior became real in my heart. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, we do want to remind you and just give emphasis to the fact that we are preparing uh, to hear from you, uh, all of our members, as we uh, plan for our future. Uh, the table talks that you heard about on the uh, video announcements, we want each of you to participate in as many of those as you so desire. There will be four table talks beginning this week, this Thursday. Uh, the ushers should have uh, flyers in the vestibule waiting for you as you depart, which will give the schedule of those uh, remaining talks, the times, uh, and the subject matters. And so we do want you to educate yourselves uh, about the talks, the topics that will be taking place. But also, we want each of you to come out and share with us. We want this to be our vision. Amen? I say our vision, not just one person. Amen. Amen. We're going to do this together. Amen. And so we want to begin that by hearing from each of you. And so you are invited this Thursday beginning uh, with our Table Talk series. Amen? Amen. 
God bless you and God keep you. We want to invite your attention now to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. I want to begin reading with the first verse. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And then there's one other scripture in the New Testament in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Nine, beginning with Genesis 39 from the New Living Translation, it reads as follows. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was very handsome, well-built young man. Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me she demanded. Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. And then 1 Peter 2 and 9 simply reads, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk from the subject this morning. I just can't do that. I'm a royal. I just can't do that. I'm a royal. This sermon, this sermon, this sermon was already a planned part of our series, Pressure Points. But may I admit to you that this is not the text from which I plan to preach. Nor has this sermon developed the way that I anticipated it would. Permit me to share with you some of how this sermon developed. After being awakened the early morning hours by a nagging cough and being unable to return to sleep, I, like some of you, found myself watching the royal wedding of Harry and Meghan though I never had any intention of watching this wedding 
Carolyn, I must admit that I'm glad I did. Because as the ceremony unfolded, a ceremony offering a beautiful dichotomy of intentional juxtapositions between British aristocracy and American pragmatism. It was a ceremony that weaved the contradiction between the pomp and pageantry of the English monarchy and its bloody history with the peculiar institution of American slavery lifted up through words, song, and the sanctified presence of brothers and sisters from all across the African diaspora. It was a ceremony that unfolded and, and I saw the beautiful hues and shades of people in attendance who otherwise would never have been there were it not for this biracial bride whose sun-kissed mother sat alone with all of the grace and strength of a queen rocking her natural twist nose ring and Tam-inspired hat kicked to the side. It was then that another message began to emerge and I allowed the Holy Spirit to develop it the way he chose. For in this second sermon of the Pressure Point series, I had intended to deal with the pressure of sin and how we must find ourselves faithful and vigilant in the fight to resist temptation. I had intended to explain some of what James talks about in his epistle regarding how sin develops out of our own lust and that we are drawn away or enticed by what's already a part of us. And James contends that if we aren't careful, sin will eventually take over and destroy our lives. I had intended to therefore encourage you from Peter's epistle to be sober-minded and watchful, reminding you that your adversary, the devil, is walking around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I had decided that I would finally charge you to put on the whole armor of God that you would be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and then after we said a good hallelujah we were going to sing yield not to temptation for yielding is sin. I was going to give the benediction and we were going to go home. That was my plan. I'm still going to preach this sermon, but a different way. For it is Joseph who calls out to us today and beckons us to re-examine his story and to consider what it means to be a royal before anybody ever finds out. Mm. You see, because royalty is not always recognized. You don't believe it? Ask Jesus. Here was the Prince of Peace come down from heaven having left the glorious throne and traded in his splendid robes. Jesus came to earth without all of the pomp and circumstance of a king and because he didn't look like what they expected a king to look like, because he did not ride on a horse but rather on a donkey, his own did not recognize him as the king that he was. Why? Because royalty is not always recognized. And that's why you can't let people, uh, let what people think about you cause you to think differently about yourself. But you have to know who you are when nobody else knows who 
Ah, uh, y'all not gonna talk to me in here. You, you, you've got to know who you are when nobody else knows who you are. You've got to know whose you are when nobody else knows where you came from. You've got to know your worth and your value before anyone else comes along thinking that they gave you worth or value or significance. That's why, that's why, that's why while I celebrate the wedding of Harry and Meghan, I'm not so caught up in the idea that suddenly because of it, we've somehow made our way to the big house and been granted royal status. No, our royalty did not just come yesterday. Our royalty is not the result of one biracial sister married into English aristocracy. No, before long, long before Harry met Meghan, our royalty as a people was already a reality. And I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish that somebody understood this morning that you cannot wait for somebody to affirm you before you start to feel good about yourself. You can't wait till somebody validate you before you start to celebrate yourself. You can't wait till somebody acknowledge you before you know who you are. Are there two or three folk in here who know that I am a child of God and because I'm a child of God, I am a royal I am a royal I am a royal and I didn't just become one I've been one down through the years royal blood has been running through our veins and through our bodies down through the years If you are a creation of the most high God, fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and after his likeness, full of godly significance and providential worth, quit waiting on somebody to sign off and give you the significance that you already have. And if you've been washing the blood of Jesus Christ, why don't you just lean over and tell your neighbor right now, you sitting next to somebody. Yeah, you sitting next to somebody. I'm a royal. You sitting next to somebody. I'm a royal. I'm a royal. You, you may not think so, but I'm a royal. Don't, don't let the look fool you. I'm a royal. I, I may not ever ride in a chauffeur limousine, but I'm a royal. I may not ever have a horse-drawn carriage with a military brigade, but I, and I wish I had some royal folk in here who didn't mind saying, I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a chosen generation. I'm a royal. I'm a royal. I'm a royal. I'm a royal. Peter says, You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wish there were two or three people in here who wasn't too stuffy or sedity or dignified to admit that the only reason you can call yourself a royal is because the Lord called you out of some stuff. He said, I'm going to praise the one who called me out of some things. Now, I'm not too ashamed to admit I have not always lived a proper life, but the Lord called me out of some things. 
had not always been exactly right but the Lord called you out of some things and I don't know about you but since he chose me and called me and made me royal holy and peculiar Peter says the only proper response since, since it's important for royalty to be proper the only proper response is to show forth his praises I wish there were some royal folk in this place who would give him a proper praise and by proper praise I don't mean dignified by proper I don't mean restricted but by proper I mean proportional your praise ought to be in proportion to his goodness your praise ought to be in proportion to his blessings your praise ought to be in proportion to his mercies your praise ought to be in proportion to his grace that's a proper praise I don't know about you but when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me this royal has got to give him a proper praise long 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 before Joseph ever ascends to being second in line to the throne long before Joseph goes from being a runt to a ruler Long before Joseph leaves the pit and the prison for the palace, Joseph has already in him the heart of a royal. He already has the mind of a royal. He has the character of a royal. He has the temperament of a royal, which meant that there was something inside of him that was already governing his behavior. Before, watch this, he got the position. Good God Almighty, this is blessing me if it ain't blessing nobody. That there was something already shaping his temperament before he got the title. And when you're a royal, there are some ways and some behaviors and some characteristics of royals that should be observed. In other words, in other words, when you're a royal, there are some things you just can't do. It's going to get tight right here. You're a royal. There's some ways that royals just can't act. You're a royal. You were celebrating a minute that you're a royal. Don't get quiet now. You're a royal. And since you're a royal, there are some attitudes that royals just can't display. Come on, keep celebrating your royalness. You, you, you are a royal. And, and since you are a royal, there's some language that royalty. Don't get quiet now. There's some language that, that is beneath that of a royal. How many royals we got now? I see some hands going down. Wait a minute, Reverend. I ain't know I was signing up for all that. No, no. There's some things that as a royal, we must be willing to declare, I just can't do that. I just can't do that. I just can't do that. And if you read the text, you will see how Joseph, just like us, gets drawn and tempted into temptation. But at the point of it all, he declares, no, I can't go there. I can't act that out. I cannot submit to that sin. 
I just can't tell your neighbor, I just can't do that. I just can't do that. I just can't do that. And a few reasons why Joseph couldn't do that. I'm going to lift him up to you. We're going to be going home. Number one, the reason Joseph couldn't do that, number one, he says, because it dishonors my destiny. I can't do that. Because if I did that, it would dishonor my destiny. Remember, before we even get to this text, Joseph, as a teenager, has been having dreams. Joseph had a dream that he and his brothers were in the fields picking sheaves of wheat and, and all of the brothers' sheaves of wheat bowed down their heads to Joseph's sheave of wheat. That was his dream. He had another dream. He said, I, Daddy, my brothers, he said, I dreamed and the stars and the moon and the sun and, and 11 stars, all of them bowed down to me. That was his dream. And God was showing Joseph as a teenager that he intended for him to be a leader. I'm going somewhere with this. And because Joseph understood how God wanted to use him, because Joseph understood something about his destiny, when sin came to him, he said, no, that doesn't line up with my destiny. That kind of behavior does not correspond with where God wants to use me. That, that kind of activity does not correlate with where God wants to position me. And, and there's no reason of me doing that because the two don't go together. Ah, Y'all not going to talk to me in here. Yes, 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 yes. How many people have you seen fall from the trajectory of feeling their purpose? All because they made a choice that dishonored their destiny. They could have been a principal. Could have been a judge. Could have been a senator. Could have been a CEO. Could have been all that they had dreamed and all that God had put in them to be. If they had just said, I can't do that. Where I'm going is too important for me to do that. Who God is calling me to be is too critical for me to do that. Who God and what God wants to use me as and do through me is too valuable for me to do that. I just can't do that. Number two, number two, I can't do that, Joseph says, because number two, it destroys the trust. It destroys the trust. When Joseph is propositioned by Potiphar's wife, Joseph's first thoughts were not about Potiphar's wife, but rather about Potiphar. Text says in verse 4 that Potiphar soon made Joseph his personal attendant. Says he put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Verse 6 says, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. Joseph knows that Potiphar trusts him and he has entrusted him with all of his goods to manage. And when he considers all that has been placed in his trust, all that has been placed in his care, all that has been given to him to manage, Joseph looks at this 
cougar. I knew they would wake somebody up. I'm calling her that because in the text, Joseph is still a young buck. And you know old cougars and young bucks. I'm going to leave that alone. But when he thinks about Potiphar and all that he has placed in his care, Joseph says, I cannot do this to the man who has entrusted me with so much. If I did that to him, I would be breaking the trust. Do I have a witness in here? And he cherished the trust. He valued the trust. He understood what the trust meant. And as a royal priesthood, God has given you and me a sacred trust. He's given you a responsibility. He's given you a stewardship over a life to manage. He gave you a body to care for. He gave you a mind to care for. He gave some of you jobs and some of you families and some of you spouses to care for. And as a royal priesthood, you should consider the great responsibility that has been placed in your hands and the trust that stands to be broken before you do something you can't take back. I can't do that. I can't break the trust. Because I'll tell you something. Once trust is broken, it's hard. I say it's hard. I mean, it, it, can, be, it can be regained, but it's hard for it to be restored. Y'all ain't going to talk to me in here. You, you can redevelop it, but, but I promise you, I, there are very few times when trust is broken and it becomes the thing that it was before it was broken. There'll always be a hanging question mark. Baby, I'm going to so-and-so, are you? You saying in your mind, that happened 20 years ago, I know. But they got technology in there and I can track you. It destroys the trust. Number three, number three, I can't do that. Joseph says, I can't do that because it disregards the blessing of the Lord. Verse nine says, Joseph says, listen, I can't do this because no one here has more authority than I do. Joseph, watch this. Joseph is saying, I am an outsider. And yet, I've been given inside privileges. I'm from a whole nother land. And nobody in Egypt has more authority in this house than I do. And I'm an outsider. Joseph says, there's no way I can put that in jeopardy. Because he says, I, I understand the only way I got here is because God has been blessing me. Is there anybody in this house today who can admit that you are where you are today because God has been blessing you? 
I know you're smart, but you ain't that smart. God has been blessing you. I, I know you're connected, but you ain't that connected. God has been blessing you. And Joseph says, I'm not going to jeopardize and misuse and, 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 and mess up the blessing of the Lord on my life. He says, no, I just can't. I can't do that. When we sin, my brothers and sisters, we disregard the precious things that God has given to us and jeopardize them for whatever lusts of the flesh we have. When we sin, we put the pleasures of sin over the preciousness of God's blessings. When we sin, we discount God's goodness and cheapen the Lord's benefits. Even the blessing of his grace we take for granted when we continue to sin. But a royal priesthood refuses to take God's blessings for granted. A royal priesthood refuses to squander the blessings of the Lord on fleeting feelings and temporary temptations and momentary pleasures of the flesh. Joseph says, I can't do that because it disregards how good God has been to me. Number four, number four, got two more. Here it is, number four. Joseph said, I can't do that. Because it disrupts the perfect will of God. Verse 9, Joseph says, listen, and nobody has more authority than me. But he also says this, and your husband Potiphar has held nothing from me except you. Watch this. Because you are his wife. Joseph says, listen, if I do what you're asking me to do. He said, I am interfering with the will of God. If I insert myself in between this union, he says, I am disrupting what God has brought together. He says, and I'm not willing to get involved in something that God is doing. I don't believe you're praying with me. Yeah, yeah. Joseph says, no, no, no. You belong to your husband and your husband belongs to you y'all go on and date and have dinner and leave me alone because I cannot disrupt don't you know the Bible says what God has joined together let no man cast asunder in other words I'm not going to mess up what God has brought together my brothers and sisters, as a royal priesthood, we should not go about disrupting what God has done and is doing in the lives of other people. Sin, my brothers and sisters, disrupts the perfect will of God. Sin interrupts what the Lord wants to make of us and do with us and accomplish through us. Sin always gets in the way of what God is doing. I'm through when I tell you this. Lastly, and all of us have the temptation of sin. I don't care how long you've been saved. You know what temptation is. You might not have the same temptation now as you had at 17. But you still got some kind of temptation. Amen, lights. It just changed as you matured. Yes. But good news 
is that we do not have to yield to the temptation. Whether it be the temptation of money, power, sex, influence, the thrill of not getting caught, whatever it is that tempts you. Yield not to temptation. Why? Lastly, because Joseph says, I can't do that because it displeases my daddy. <laughs> Verse 9 says, how can I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. Joseph says, ultimately, it would break a trust that I have between me and Potiphar. He said, it would mess up the destiny that God has planned for me. He said, it would disregard the blessings that God has brought into my life. He said, but finally, if I were to do that, ultimately, it would be displeasing to my dad. Now, Joseph is not talking about his earthly father. No, no, but Joseph has a heavenly vision. Joseph says, I can't do that because if I do that sin on earth, it still will have heavenly implications. He said, I can't do that because it would not only be a sin against Potiphar. It would not only be a sin against you. It would not only be a sin against my own body. But it would be a sin against God. And I cannot do that because it would displease my daddy. It would grieve the heart of my daddy. It would cause sorrow to my daddy. But our decisions, my brothers and sisters, I said, have heavenly ramifications. Joseph says, I don't want to do anything that causes heaven any grief. I don't want to do anything that brings sorrow to my father's heart. I don't want to do anything that causes me and my fellowship with the father to be strained because you do know that's what sin does sin creates distance and causes strain between you and your father that's why David wrote when he had sinned against Bathsheba he said creating me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit but he didn't stay there he said restore unto me the joy of my salvation what are you saying David David said I recognize that after I fell into that sin I thought it was going to bring me happiness but I discovered that after a while it only brought grief in the Lord all right today and I need to tell somebody, you don't need to let the devil trick you into trading your destiny in for a moment of, of pleasure. In the Lord, all right? You don't need to let the devil cause you to trade in your birthright for a bowl of pottage. Good God Almighty, because in the end, the record is it ain't worth it. In the Lord, all right, you might be promised.
power, wealth, and fame. But in the end, it ain't worth it. Isn't the Lord all right? Because what God has is better than anything that the world can provide. That man can promise what God has is better than anything than the world can deliver is there anybody here who can testify today that there have been some things that the devil brought my way but I decided that it ain't worth it because I'm a royal I am a royal I'm a royal priesthood and I'm not trading what God gave me for what the devil wants to bring my way is there anybody in here who can testify today that through it all I said through it all I had some failures and I had some good days but through it all I learned I said I learned I learned Joseph Joseph, Joseph simply says, watch this, I'm through. He simply says, Pat, I can't do that. I can't do it because God expects more from me. I'm a royal. And I'm going to act like the royalty that he declared me to be. I can't talk like that. I don't care how mad she made you. I'm just pointing back here because I feel somebody made somebody mad back here. I don't care how mad he made you. You can't use that kind of language. You're a royal. Walk in your royalness and the dignity that it deserves. We are children of the Most High God. Let's act like Him. Amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, the doors of the church are open this morning. If you're here this morning, the good news. The good news is this. <laughs> Jesus, you know what? Somebody might be asking and, and, and have questions about how is it that I'm a royal? I forgot to tell you. You're a royal because you're a joint heir with Christ. You're a royal because your elder brother is the Prince of Peace. You're a royal because your father is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted this Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can come this morning and accept his shed blood which cleanses you and makes you not only the royal but the righteousness of God. If you're here this morning, won't you come? The doors of the church are open. You can come by letter, by Christian experience, as a candidate for baptism. And all that means is that you're ready to give your life to God. You're ready to give your hands to this church and walk with us. 
in your faith development. The doors of the church are open. Won't you come now? Through it all, I've learned to trust. Hallelujah. Said I learned. Through it all, through it all. Through it all, through it all. Said I learned. Yes. You've already given your life to Christ, but you don't have a church home. You don't have place to live out your faith you can come now you're here and you feel the Lord has been leading you here you've been coming and checking out the services but you've never made a firm commitment let this be your moment let this be your day you come now I've learned I've learned you've been through enough through it all through it all said I learned Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you, God bless you. Can I pray for you this morning? Listen, not only praying for you, but we need to be in prayer for our city. We need to be in prayer for our young people. I don't have to count or recount for you the number of homicides and murders suicides and then just playing out unfortunate accidents we need to pray for our city we need to pray for our youth school is just about to be out in a few days for some, weeks for others. Graduation is here. This is an 11 o'clock service. We'll be celebrating our baccalaureate service. We need to be praying for our young people. Amen. Let's do that together, this royal family. Let's pray for our children, for our city, for our leaders. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, O oh God. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time together. And thank you for the truth of your word. Right now, oh God, we as brothers and sisters who make up this royal family, we're praying for our city. We're praying for the city of Jackson. We're praying for our young people. Those who are struggling, trying to understand how to live life praying for those who are just caught up caught up in the games and gangs of life we're praying oh lord for those who are just in darkness and and doing all that they can to just live to see another day and god we're praying not only for them but for their families mothers who are burying sons fathers who are losing daughters God, we're praying now for our city and our city leaders. Lord, you know the struggles in Jackson. You know what we face as a community and as a city and as a people. Oh God, we pray your hedge of protection around us right now. And as our young people prepare the final days and weeks of school, oh God, we pray, Lord, that you would protect them as they go and come.
God, give them great success upon their tests. And Lord, as they depart those hallways, Lord, we pray that your hedge would be around them this summer season. Oh God, that no weapon formed against them should prosper. Lord, that no trick or scheme against them, no, no plot that the enemy has already devised, Lord, that it will have no effect upon their lives. Granted in Jesus' name. Now, God, we're lifting up that family that lost their daughter a day before her graduation. Oh, God, be with that father, that mother. God, be a leaning post right now. For as they were preparing to celebrate, they had no thought that they would be planning a funeral. So God, right now, comfort them, hold them in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we love you and we adore you and we pray, oh God, that you would bless this church family as we prepare to minister at another level, as we prepare to go into uncharted territory and do your blessed will. Oh God, we pray for your vision and for your guidance. And we pray, oh God, for your mercy and your grace. Now, may the grace of God, may the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, may it rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of his Holy Spirit, let the church say amen, amen, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Go in peace. We want to remind you, pick up a scheduled in the vestibule the ushers will make those available for our table talks we want you to be informed of all the dates god bless you and go in peace